Hey, Nick, name three kinds of cars. Okay. Uh, Toyota, uh, Hyundai, and Mercedes. Wrong. Scooter, airplane, and bench. (laughs) (laughs) We cruise through magical bike action game Vroom in the Night Sky this week on How Did This Get Played? Ready, Heather? Yeah, I guess so. Wait, are we starting? <laughs> Do you want to start? We can. Are we? If this yeah, is recorded, then I think that was the beginning, Nick. <laughs> uh, welcome to How This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger alongside Heather Ann Campbell. Hi, Heather. Hi, Nick. How are you? Uh, I'm confused. Are I'm just in a very confused state after experiencing this game. You know, of the games we've covered so far, this is the least confused I've been. Here's what's disorienting about it. And and let me introduce uh, with us, as always, our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hi. Uh, Matt suggested this week's game, and it's terrible. Uh, but it's terrible in a very, in an unusual way, in a way I wasn't expecting. It's not like frustrating. It's just like, what is going on? I, I'm I'm going to be the um, contrarian today and okay. say, I don't think this is a terrible game. Wow. I think it's a different kind of game. And I'm willing to get into it. Heather, <laughs> in my experience, conflict is bad for podcasts. So <laughs> I don't know if this is going to work. Um, uh, so, yeah, our game this week is Room in the Night Sky for Nintendo Switch. The publisher describes it as a, quote, magical bike action game. Uh, and you control a magic girl named Luna and ride a flying motorcycle to collect Stardust. And with us to help break down this game, you know him from Nerdificent and Candy Dinner. Ify Wadiway is here. Hi, Ify. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I mean, it's going. We're we here. We're ready to talk about this insane Switch bike game where oh, yeah. you you have a you're a witch with a broom on your back, but you're flying riding a bicycle. Like you're not flying on the broom. You begin on a scooter. You begin yeah. on a scooter. Yes. Yeah, like a Vespa. I said bicycle. You never actually have a bicycle. You have a motorbike. <laughs> yeah. It's always motorized. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I while y'all were talking, I totally figured what happened with this game. I know I've unlocked it. This game was just a spec game that they wanted to pitch to an anime company. Right. And no one bought it. So now it has all those placeholders like Magical Girl Luna. And and by the way, there there's no other adjective used. It's yes. just magical this. Right. When when it said magical speedometer and mas- magical gas meter, I was like, okay. Yeah, just, they just take magical and use it as a universal prefix for everything. It's, at one point, and I showed you guys, there's a, there's a thing you can unlock called magical bench. Just like any, <laughs> no, no matter how mundane something is, it's, it's magical in this world. Magical, magical uh, fuel meter, the magical gas station is another one. Yeah, I, I think it's important for the for the audience who because nobody has played this. Nobody game. has played this game. I think I think there's a possibility that we may that that whoever developed it probably saw their numbers go up visibly <laughs> when the four of us downloaded the right. game. It's it's like the you know because so many of these charts, these digital charts are based on percentage increase in sales. So their their sales went from went up like four hundred percent from four purchases. <laughs> but from so so it's a game where you you ride on a motorcycle. Yes. You fly through a, a large aerial area 
over a like a power plant or yes. a beach or a uh, beach. By, <laughs> by the way, largest charitable. I don't know if you describe it as little as large. And and you 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 fly through rings, a la Superman sixty four. It is very Superman. It's Superman sixty four for kids. And then you also collect stardust, which are like little crystals uh, that are money. Yes, and you use those things to buy and unlock other. Uh, uh, bicycle, like motorcycles. Yeah, more vehicles. Um, it's p- very poorly translated. Oh, yes. Uh, from the beginning, I, I wrote down some of the opening <laughs> uh, opening guide phrases. Uh, it asks you, are you the first time to play this game? And then it says, by the way, the direction of key stars in invisible places is guided. Let's move in the direction of the guide. Yes. And then when you collect Stardust, it says... Gotten Stardust. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like when a you know if you've seen that thing where they'll like they'll like upload a video to YouTube and then download it again and then re-upload it and do that a hundred times and oh, by yeah. the end it's so distorted. It's like that except this has been through Google Translate back and forth yeah. like a hundred times and now it's oh, yeah. just indecipherable. Yeah. Um. But I, I want to take a step back real quick before we get into this uh, and, and just talk about. Because this is the first time I feel like we've got into the world of vehicle, action, racing games, whatever you want to call this this genre. Um, are, are you guys vehicle gamers? Are you guys do you like playing car games? What, what, how how do you feel on this genre in general? I don't mind it. I think the last car game I played was uh, what's the one Ubisoft? I, Grid comes to my mind, but it's not Grid. It's the like. M- you race across different types of vehicles. Yes. So it has the car, the motorcycle. I'll take a quick second to Google it so someone can stop screaming at their uh, I was going to say scream. But Is it the crew? Yes, the crew. Crew 2. I played the sequel. Mm. Uh, and it does that fun thing that games have been doing recently where like points are quantified in likes and follows. And oh, like, okay, oh, great. Right. <laughs> uh, but before that, like I was big Gran Turismo head. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely, you know, Nick, you grew up in L.A. I really yeah. got caught up in that tuner scene, hot import nights, uh, all that. So I was real. I played this like flash game that was sponsored by uh, Nito Tires Mm -hmm. that would have you drag race and like upgrade your car with different parts you know I've I've, initial D you know Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm a I've, I've been around the track a few times. <laughs> that, uh, that crash game, the the you said flash crash game, and it's reminding me of this one. Did you guys ever play this game that was briefly a thing? I think it was called Nanaka Crash. Fuck yeah, I played Nanaka Crash. I play. I was playing that obsessively for a while, and it, you're just on a bicycle. I think you're you're like a is I, I, I'm remembering a schoolgirl, but I could be wrong. But you're just like riding on a bicycle, and then you crash into something. You fly over the handlebars, and it's just at whatever trajectory you can hit to go to fly as far as possible, right? Like you're competing I, for distance. I don't recall the bicycle part i recall a, a a human man who's hit by something and then flies off into the distance and combos off of other human right beings, okay and he makes this sound i may be conflating different games go ahead Oh. Um, yeah, I, I was a big, like, as far as vehicle games go, I'm, I don't love driving in real life and I don't really love it in video games either. It's not like, a, I will play Mario Karts cause I feel like that's just like, it's first of all, anything in the Mario world, I'm such a Nintendo guy that I just, I'm, that I totally, uh, pop for that. But, 
it's it's not it's not a game it's not a genre I'll gravitate towards yeah. generally we, either open world or the the track kind it's it's not it's not really for me uh, heather how about you i love a racing game yeah i uh i created a japanese switch account so i could get that virtual racing Ooh. uh which is smooth as fuck on the switch wow uh i also am a big daytona fan yeah uh i played all the burnout series which is racing Ooh, crashing yeah that yes. was great fantastic yeah. games i played uh pod racer which we'll get to later yes. yeah uh what other and, and then in my real life i drive a sports car yeah uh, oh my god i totally forgot we totally connected on how much you like uh cars is it still the z yeah i drive a 78 Datsun 280z which mm-hmm. i've uh modified and put in a new engine so i i love a car i love a my this is true and humiliating but i realized that in order for this podcast to have legs i'm just gonna have to like humiliate myself yes. like once a week <laughs> so um when i was in kindergarten we had to write a poem about uh, what we wanted to be when we grew up. And so I wrote a poem. So you stand up in front of kindergarten as we were all leaving. And it was like, most kids are like, I will be a doctor Mm -hmm. and I will save the world. And instead I got up and I said, and I remember it because my parents recorded it and played it for me every year. Yeah. A race car driver is what I'll be. To the Indy 500, I'll go. I'll drive the fastest car so the others will seem slow. And then I sat down. <laughs> and all the other kids like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'd instinctively clap, uh, like clap if you did that now. Like it's just, it feels like something that demands a round of applause. See, I feel like uh, kindred spirits with Heather, except yeah. I was, I, what I did the same thing, but too late. I wanted to be a drifter. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I was reading Initial D. Uh, Formula Drift came yeah. out right when I was uh, in high school. I started a drift crew called Streamline Drift, and then I sent it to my friend who could speak Japanese to have it in uh, Japanese character under it. And I and I just never ended up doing it, but I was so into it. Right. But now I'm uh, I'm chasing those dreams because that's what we do when we get older and realize we can just buy whatever we want. And I'm searching for a 240SX. So if you got a 240SX out there, uh, maybe have a limited slip differential already set up for me, let's let's go. Wow. Uh, wow, your real motive for coming on this podcast comes yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are doing a racing game? <laughs> um, so having, having uh, with your guys fandom of of car culture and and your background in in games uh, the that explore that how do you feel about room in the night sky which seems to have been designed by someone who's never been in a vehicle <laughs> <laughs> these these do not control at all like and i know they're flying bikes yeah. but they have no uh, they they just like don't have any of the like weight of an actual vehicle they they, they turn so weirdly they're yeah. magical yeah but it's it's bizarre to drive it's bizarre for it to be a vehicle and for it to handle that way also it almost feels offensive to call it a racing game because there right. isn't no, like i when i first played it i collected the stars and i was like oh and then you find the exit so yes. there's you're just kind of just fly, flying wherever you want and then leaving. There is no right. race. There's this rival who pops up who I thought was a friend for so long. I was I thought I had a kindred spirit out yes. there with and then she she got mad cuz I wouldn't pronounce her name right. Like uh, yeah, Tesuko I think. Yeah, yeah, she just shows up and this is how non-threatening Shining Star Tesuko is, who's just basically a purple version of the player character <laughs> is you can play like 3 or 4 levels before figuring out she's competing against you. You have no and then even after that, there's no con. Like you can't fail a mission. Like you, like you were saying, as a race, 
it's analogous to like a, a, a turkey day fun run. It's just it's just like because there's no it's a race in the same way that like you can't lose. You can't fail. Everyone's just there to have a good time. We're just going to go around and collect fucking uh, key stars and, and sparkle points or this whatever they call This is why it. I think it's actually a pretty good game. Stardust. I think I think that we are looking at room in the night sky under yeah. with the wrong metric. Or, or measuring it by the wrong yardstick. I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Uh, I think that this is just a relaxing flying collecting game. It's and definitely it. relaxing. Yes, that, that's a, that's something you we we talked about a little bit before, beforehand. And it's like the, the, a lot of the previous or some of the previous games we played on this podcast, I'm get frustrated and infuriated by because they have like they're like arbitrarily challenging or they control so poorly. And this game controls poorly, but it's also since, since there's no pressure, there's no fear of failure and since it's mostly so trivially easy it is relaxing you're just sort of like oh whatever this sucks but i'm not stressed out about it 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 play it but it's consistently poorly controlled i feel like it's not poorly controlled it's just like oh this control is unfamiliar like i fucking hate i fucking hate the control in little big planet because it's so fucking floaty Mm -hmm. and like all everybody like jumps all wobbly and shit like but this is this is the up it's tight looseness like there's like a like a it's it always drifts sort of the same right. way. You always kind of fly the yeah. same way. Like it's not bad. It seems to control a little differently if you have magical turning enabled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which I still don't quite know how you do that. Yeah. I think if you do magical braking and then time and acceleration out of it, right, you'll get magical turning. Um, uh, just a little bit more uh, more background of this game. So it was developed by a Japanese developer named Poisoft uh, for Nintendo Switch. Perhaps they were planning on making it into a one-piece game or something as if he speculated. It uh, has a, an abysmal Metacritic Metascore of 17. Um, it was released in 2017, so very, uh, fairly recently and considered one of the worst games of the year. Uh, just one thing you should know is that only the V in Vroom is capitalized. So it's officially Vroom in the night sky and night sky or lowercase. Um, and uh, and I, 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 graphically, for me, this looks like the it's like the best looking game from 1997. It's like a, it's like a 1080p 60 frame per second N64 game. Like yeah. the, it's so low poly and the environments are so limited and the draw distance is not very far, but at least it's smooth. Yeah. And also it does the thing where normally when there's invisible walls in the game, you just try and go and you hit it. But they put like like something along the edge. So, you know, like right. that's as far as you can go. Yes. There, yeah. It seems like there was. There were a lot of trade-offs taken that, like, usually you have, like, a lush, very detailed level that's small or a not as detailed that's big. And yes. they're like, no, we're just going to make it small <laughs> and not as detailed, <laughs> uh, which which blew me away. Yeah. And, and also, like, I, like, you know, same thing. I keep seeing all the, like, hidden potential in this game. And this could have been one of those horny games. Like, they definitely right. ran away. Because, like, she, like, bends over when you try and, like, go over. But, like, she has bloomers on. And I was like, oh, this feels like they're like, look, this can be for Sakura Card Captor. This could be for <laughs> this could be for Sailor Moon. Or it can be one of those horny games. Yeah. Like, what, what do y'all want? And no one bought it. So. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> So they just released. <laughs> do you want this to be a, a something that families can enjoy, or do you want to be something this to be something that's pulled from the Steam store? <laughs> and uh, beyond the graphics, I mean, Heather, what did you think of the the graphical presentation? Again, I thought it, I found the whole thing kind of charming. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was like. 
ah, this ain't bad. Like, I don't know why anything exists, but it kind of reminded me of, uh, and actually inspired me to replay Katamari Damacy. Oh, like, yeah. It's got yeah. like kind of that same, it's low poly, but like stylized in a right. nice way. I didn't mind it, guys. <laughs> I really thought, I mean, like, uh, you've pulled, Matt's pulled up a, a screenshot. That looks like Katamari to me. Yeah. Like, if it was, if the ground was littered right. with garbage, then it would be the same sort of um, detail and depth as that old PlayStation 2 classic. Yeah, you've got, you've got a, a what I guess is what's supposed to be a, a shrub or a bush, and it's represented with six polygons <laughs> and no texture. So it's, it's very, it, it's a very, very basic graphical presentation um and also like a like aesthetically i feel like like the the music there's one song it seems like that that plays in every level it it seems like maybe a different song in the main titles or was i just imagining that there's there's like kind of like a zydeco theme song yeah there's like a theme song like that yeah right Yeah, and then the other song that's completely forgotten. Yeah, I don't remember what how that song goes at all, even though I've listened to like four hours of it at this point. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it, it, but the, the music I feel like is it's fine. The sound effects are, I mean, there, there's no voice acting. It's all presented through, via text messages or what look like text messages, which we'll get to in more depth in a second. Um, but the sound effects, the 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 most omnipresent thing is the engine roar which yeah. i found truly annoying yeah it's really really <laughs> very, bad it's just like very grating it's just like <laughs> it sounds like electrical <laughs> interference oh it's well, great <laughs> well my thing wasn't even the sound was that it vibrated your controller and I was yes like, i feel like this is going to burn out my controller because yeah. it's so consistent um i took a screenshot of this uh, and i can show you guys on my switch i have right here but the so if you go to the menu settings, if you go to the uh, uh, the options, the configuration here, config, and you you toggle through the options for vibration setting, um, your options are weak, uh, 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 weak, normal, and violent. <laughs> <laughs> and if you use violent. It is deeply unpleasant. It is just shaking like shit the whole time. I couldn't. I couldn't play more than one level on violent. This feels like the kind of game that would really benefit from uh, motion controls, right? Like you know, like you would like kind of feel like you're flying your bicycle around, but it does. There's no motion control. Yes, it's really. I'm, but still, kind of relaxing. It's yeah. It didn't like make me mad, and yeah. and there I, I kind of got motivated to keep playing it. Um, so yeah, we've as as Heather touched on each level, and I think there's there's like eight stages total. You are try, you are flying around trying to collect enough. Uh, go fly. The stardusts are ultimately immaterial, except for unlocking more stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it, in terms of progression, you've got to fly through all the key stars. Well, that's what they're called, right? The key yeah. stars, the rings with stars in them. And then if you fly through enough of them, the gate opens up the magical gate, which looks like a crescent moon surrounded by shitty Christmas lights. It's just like a really like janky looking thing. You fly through that and you move to the next level. Can I touch on one very minor thing that bothered me as a game that's that it has a racing element and where there are some challenges that are contingent on a finishing time. There is no like one, two, three go at the start of the level. There's no, there's no like countdown. <laughs> yeah. it, just, it just finishes loading, which takes different for how, depending on the level. And then you're the, the clock is immediately going and you got, Oh shit. You know, you got to remember to put, 
to hit the accelerator during the loading screen and just be ready to go at, at, at any time. That's the way you should play every game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should be ready to go when that loading screen ends. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And also, there, I remember like the first level, I really went into my like loot hunter mode and I got as much stardust as I can. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, actually the second level must be harder. So I'm just going to go for all the stars. Right. And it really doesn't make a difference. It really if doesn't. You go super fast or super slow. It really, yes. yeah. But like, I, I mean, Heather's turning me on it. I, I really do like the idea of something relaxing. I play a lot of rainbow six siege right. and I yell a lot. So I'm like, this might be like something I play in between. It's a pal- <laughs> It's a palate cleanser. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's something you play when you're in the lobby. We So I often will like double game where I'll be in the lobby waiting for one game to start and I'll have a handheld game on on my couch. I got gotcha. you. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, some sometimes that's like Tetris 99. I'll play an entire thing while waiting for factions to load up mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like this is a great lobby game. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's just whatever. You said lobby game, and I was thinking hotel lobby. Like, <laughs> you're at, like, a Radisson. You're just killing time before you check in. How much time do you spend in the fucking <laughs> Radisson, Nick? Um, I shouldn't have said Radisson. I'm a Marriott Rewards member. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> By loyalties. Um, yeah, so you, you uh, it, it really... The amount of Stardust you collect is really just for unlocking things. And let's go through the shop real quick, because I flagged a few of the uh, ones that you can... Uh, a few of the bikes that you can unlock, just to sort of give a sense of... of what's happening here. Um, okay. Here's a bike, the magical big scooter, 600, uh, big American type magical bike of the legend that strike fear in the hearts of the magical girls. Exactly. There is no need for arguing. All right. I mean, I know exactly what that bike is. <laughs> That's uh, a Harley. <laughs> uh, this one, a uh, magical bike that can feel the universe through the night sky. It is out of the question that senior magical girls cannot manipulate this. That's the Magical Racer 750RR. Senior? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about night sky for a bit, too? Like, every yes. level is a night sky. Like right. They're, like, it's like blank night sky. Right. Night sky blank. And I was like, okay. There's can't. there's one exception. There oh. is the there is the level uh, that's just called the sky. <laughs> uh, so the stages are, the first one is... Um, uh, the first one you start off with is Night Sky of the Lovely, which I ended up replaying endlessly because I found that was the, the quickest way to uh, get Stardust in a hurry when I wanted to try to unlock everything. Um, Night Sky of the Queen, De- the Quiet Desert. Night Sky of the Strange Town, which kind of has an, an urban ma- atmosphere. Uh, Night Sky of the Factory Section, same sort of thing. Another cityscape. Night Sky of the Ocean. The sea spreads all over. The sea breeze wrapping around you. Night Sky of the Resort Mood. The Sky. It is a sky. It is a completely sky. And finally, <laughs> night sky of the chaos, which is just like a weird, like inception kind of world where buildings are flipping around and shit. Um, yeah, it, it, and they're all very sameing. They're all they're all at night. Yeah, night sky of the chaos was my favorite one. Yeah, that I well that one was like oh let's th- this is like surreal let's have some surreal elements here let's feel like we're moving outside of reality if we are going to be this sort of weird magical girl thing. Did either of you do driving school? Only the first one. Because yes. because you can unlock like two million uh, crystals, whatever the fuck they're called. What oh, are really? they? Stardust. Stardust. If you just do the the <laughs> driving school, you unlock like two million. <laughs> and you can you can get all but the best bike yeah. that way. They're trivially easy yeah. and that you get like a hundred thousand stardust per challenge. Yeah. So oh, wow. it's like le- less than magical thrilling 
And what magical thrilling is, is you just have to go near an object three times. Yeah. <laughs> so if you go near an object, you get the magical thrilling bonus. Um, it's it, yeah, it's it's so weird. And it's it's like such a gigantic bonus that it doesn't make sense not to do. But then it also like kind of kills the point of grinding these levels and trying yeah. to get all the stardust because there's just easier ways to acquire it all. Uh, yeah, just completely unbalanced. The, the way that YouTube and uh game and like metacritic reviews have called this the worst game ever or mm-hmm. the worst game of all time i think that's both hyperbolic and i think it's wrong yes <laughs> like it's not as bad as the other games we've played and we aren't right. that far into this podcast right. no. So, like, any research, any depth of, of game library knowledge is going to tell you this isn't that bad of a game. It sucks. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, it's not good, but it's not terrible. If you, here's what I'll say. Okay, what are you going to say, Nick? If you play games, like, if the reason you play games is I want a challenge. If you're someone who, like, you like the the Dark Souls games, you know, uh, you, you really, like, that's that's why you you are into video games. This is, like, so so unsatisfactory on that level. Like right. I 100%ed this game, not finished it, 100%ed it, got every achievement in under four hours. Yeah, so but, like, but it's, I feel like if you're a Dark Souls person, you're a different breed. Like, right, you right. Like, you're the person who likes playing with the older brother who's going to stick his ass in your face while you're trying to play. You're like, right. this is a challenge. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is, like, I don't like myself. You're not a Dark Souls player, right, Nick? No, I'm not. I'm like, I'm not even like good at this type of game. So I, you're you're saying that there's like two there's two kinds of people, and you are a room in the night sky person. <laughs> I'm a room in the night sky person. I like this game. <laughs> no, I, I, it's like. It's like a bad game, but I could see how why people would think like this game sucks because it might just be exactly the opposite of what you want from a video game experience from something that's interactive. I feel like this would be a fun game if it had multiplayer. And you actually yeah, right. had someone racing against you to get the stardust. Yeah, and you could fire those magical missiles yeah. at, at each other and, like, knock crystals and stuff out of one another. Oh, yeah. That'd right. be great. Yeah, by the way, I didn't know about the missiles until I got here and Nick informed me about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, who is missiles? I just kept trying to run into yes. her and we'd bounce away from each other. And I was like, how do I stop her? You can finish the entire game without using missiles. Um, it's, it's completely ancillary to... The main gameplay, uh, but yeah, it is the one way you can kill your rival Tasuko. And by the way, one time I hit Tasuko with a rocket. Uh, you have to hit her, I think, three times with rockets to eliminate her. I'm still unclear on that. Um, and she says something different each time. And one time, what she said was, "Screw you." <laughs> 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 this game is like for like it feels like it's designed for young girls and it's like like like, like your six year old daughter is seeing screw you for the first time and asking why what for an explanation. Oh man! Um, some more dialogue in the game. Uh, don't be shy. Say smothing. Uh, something misspelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a fairy. Reply. What is going on? Magical girl is a comfortable job. Did you? Uh, here's one i really like you are putting on some weight don't say that it's because growth period (laughs) (laughs) oh man i never saw that one i saw did you say smo thing yes i saw uh the, the fairy you have a fairy sidekick right Whose you know relationship to you is uh, unknown, uh, and at some point it says something like "You guys are weird." That yes. was my favorite part. Was when you have dialogue with the other witch, 
And then the fairies are like, you guys are weird. Right. <laughs> Silence. It's like a judgmental Navi. Like yeah. It's just like, a, it's a, it's an interesting element. Um, the uh, Polygon had an article about the dialogue, and this is by Allegra Frank from, uh, from 2017. So the version we were playing was the patched version. <gasps> Wait. That no. updated the script. <laughs> no. The script used to be worse, but if you look at it, it's really not. So the, here, here's an example. The script used to be, um, uh, it's an antenna. It's radar. So that was one of the old lines. Here's the new, the new line is, it's an antenna. No, it's radar. And they misspelled. So they made, they, they added the word no, and then they misspelled radar in the update. Um, another one uh, is they just changed, uh, I'm sad that she is quiet too. Don't be shy, say smothing. So again, so that one was another one that came via the update. So like it, it's, it's they've, they've created more problems in trying to patch this up. Can and you, they didn't fix the ones that existed. Can you imagine being at this development studio and somebody being like, they're all complaining that it's not very good translation. Can you guys put in another day on Room in the Night Sky. We'll give you half a day. Yeah. Look, look, <laughs> All right, I, fine. They, they don't even have to pay me. I will pay myself to do the HD remaster text. Like, yeah, I don't right. wanna, but it's going to be dirty. It's, yeah. I mean, it's going to be like, this was supposed to be a horny game. <laughs> and then the fairy's like, I know. You're breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, it's so, it, it's just fucking crazy. I, here's one thing I liked about it. So there is like kind of a you, you're getting bonuses for doing different moves and you kind of can get into that sort of Tony Hawk pro skater sort of yeah. Zen mode of you're just doing a bunch of tricks in a sequence. You know, you're doing the magical trampoline into the magical break into the magical uh, 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 evasion into the magical the thrilling miss. Or whatever <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. What it, I what magical collision avoidance, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. They're all magical, but. It, you get you if you stack a bunch of those in a row, it's kind of fun to see those bonuses add up, and then to, to suddenly you, you can get you know uh, something that would normally be worth one thousand points is now worth over two thousand because you've you've stacked a bunch of bonuses as you were zooming through a key star. So that's fun, but again, it, it's kind of immaterial because these these starburst stardusts don't seem to matter all that much. Uh, Let's see. Oh, so we mentioned how no one's played this game because I was trying to figure out how to unlock some things or at least what were the most efficient min-max methods. And there are no guides for this game online. <laughs> like, do you know how shitty your shitty, shitty game has to be for, like, not, there isn't one bored eight-year-old yeah. who's just like, this is the one game they got for Christmas because their grandma bought the wrong one, and they just are playing this obsessively and, like, fuck it, I'll put this on Game Facts. Not even that happened. I, I'm going to, I think I'd, I, I'd like, not that this is going to be a segment, but I might want to have a segment called Hot Take. Mm -hmm. And here's my hot take for this, is that this is as much a video game as Journey is, which is sure. a very beloved game where you play that, like, I don't know, long cape wearing, like, little dude. But you can't lose either game. The controls are extremely simple. There's not really anything to do except collect parts and then... The game ends, right? Yeah. The difference is there's a story in one and not a story in the other. I, I think it, it just, it's like, to me, there's a lot of like what, what how aesthetics and presentation affects the, that experience, you know, because Journey is sort of like, it, it feels immersive and this one it does, 
it, it, it's just, it t- it's, there's so many things take you out of this experience, you know? Sure. I, I don't know, but I, I, get, I guess I get what you're saying. It's like a similar sort of experience. Yeah. Are so, you saying it's missing smothing? It's missing smothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you, uh, so yeah, but yeah, it is kind of like, it's, same. there are other non-games that are critically revered. Yeah, this is the same as that. It's just, I feel like what people are judging is the aesthetic. Because there's sure. not anything, I mean, there's a story that's missing. Again, story is missing. There is no story in right. this game. But like, why, why judge like flying around on a fucking couch yes. versus like hopping around in a desert? They're both equivalently not happening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I mean, and and to talk on your your not story no story point, there really is no story. Like you can finish every level and get every achievement, and this is the closest you get to a resolution. Uh, you get a pop up dialogue when you finish the final achievement. For there's no cinematic when you finish the final level. There's nothing at all. There's no like yeah. any sort of sense of completion. Uh, but then when you fit, if you get the if you get all twenty achievements, the last one you get is at last you have mastered the magical girl. I remember of that day when I met you for the first time. Already, you are not the one who is running slowly on scooter. You are a wonderful, magical girl, and you are proficiency. <laughs> wow. All right, great. <laughs> I, Cl- closure, I, I guess. I, <laughs> honestly, did not expect that to keep going. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's more. I screen cap the first four dialogue boxes, but there's it's like, more. There's more of that, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! It's yeah. not. I mean, it's it, one of the things on this show. I feel like we gotta we gotta wrestle with. Is, there's not a lot to talk about here because there's not a lot of game. Mm-hmm. So in goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I guess I guess at this point there's nothing else to do except for uh, to get to our reviews. So we'll each go around. We'll say something positive and give the game a numerical decimal rating. Uh, I'll begin. So as you start to unlock things, the game gets increasingly surreal, and a few of the items you can unlock are uh, are, are vehicles, uh, the magical car, and the magical car. You don't drive. You sit on top of. <laughs> you straddle it like you're you're riding a camel. Um, you're sitting on top of the uh, the roof of the car uh, and and fly it around like so. There's the the magical car, uh, the magical uh, airliner, same sort of thing. You straddle it. Uh, the magical plane, the magical uh, chair, magical bench. Magical bus, and then finally the magical train. Uh, that was just so batshit and unexpected, uh, and I kind of smiled as it was happening. Um, so for that reason, I'm giving this game a 2.0, like evenly, even 2.0. Uh, Heather, how about you? What is a game? <laughs> mm, that's I mean, that's what we started this podcast to solve. I, I think that when we when we really closely examine the question, what is a game? What is the goal of a game? What are we supposed to be doing? That if we judge this based on, say, Super Mario Brothers, then this is not a game. So then what is it? It's just a meditative experience where you move your thumbs around, right? Because there's no goal. There's no, there's nothing, right? It's just, there's nothing. Yeah. Room in the night sky is nothing. Right. But it is 100% 
nothing. Therefore, I am giving this not a game 10. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I follow your logic. If, I don't agree with it. If, but. if, if, so you, but here, like, if you went into a movie theater and you were there to see a movie, then you're like, uh, and the movie is just like a bunch of random screens. Sure. One right after the other. You wouldn't be able to be like, oh, this movie's an F. Cause what you're doing is not seeing a movie. If you saw two, if they, you went to see a movie and they, Play, played two hours of like the flying toasters screensaver. Right. Then you'd be like, well, that's not a movie. You right. couldn't be like, there was no plot to this movie. Sure. That you're like, this isn't a movie. And I think in the same way, this is not a game. There's no way to lose. So, it's it's the same as a DVD menu. Right. Where you just like press in one direction until you loop around. <laughs> so it's a 10. It's a 10 out of DVD menus. <laughs> I mean, it'd be very impressive if this was a DVD menu. Yeah. Um, so by that standard, yeah. Um, uh, if he, uh, so, something positive and your, your numerical score. Uh, I will say, you know, as wonky and crazy as the text was, that did bring me joy. And w- right. your, your review reminded me of one of my favorite voice li- or, or text lines is one the fairy says, desert, what does it make you think of? And, uh, <laughs> one person goes, Camel and the other goes cactus. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that's it. And I will say, reading those didn't make me smile right. every time it popped up. So that's that's great. Um, you know, I, you know, I truly enjoy and believe Heather's stance. But if I paid for a movie and the thing I watched was in a movie theater, then right. I will rate it as such. I will say. I've played games that are literally unplayable, Mm -hmm. so I can't give it a zero. Uh, I played Final Fantasy VII, so I can't give it a 10. Uh, But I will say it's a little better than... I can see myself... I know that a few months down the line, I'm going to be in an airplane... And I'm going to be tired of Breath of the Wild. I'm going to be tired of Monster Hunter. I'm going to be tired of everything. And I'm going to open up Room in the Night Sky. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to be playing it on an airplane. So for that, I'm going to give it a 3.5. 3.5. Wow. This is a well-scored game. Matt Apodaca, your thoughts? Um, So for me... I really admire the guts to have a character design who has a, uh, you know, a uh, broom attached to her at all times. She's right. like strapped with the broom. You know, she's sort of dressed like a witch. I know a magical girl is not a witch. If he uh, yeah. schooled me on that earlier, that broom in your mind, you see it, magical girl. You think this broom can fly? Does she ever fly in this broom <laughs> at all? Never, not once. And for that, I think I got to give it. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a, a 2.5. I just really like that choice. It's very funny to me. Um, Matt, you may want to amend your score a little bit here because there you can unlock a, a broom ultimately, and you do fly around on it, and it controls like shit. <laughs> uh, then I got to give this a 10. That's perfect. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you when she when she has the broom is the broom off her back or is she double brooming? Do you know? She's got the br- there's no broom on her back at that point. Wow. Solid oh. 10. Yeah. It's yeah, a 10. Yeah. <laughs> they thought through the logic. Yeah, yeah, it's they- a 10. Um oh well that that was our uh, that was our collective take and uh, on um broom in the night sky but hey maybe we're wrong. Maybe. 
it's time <laughs> for some it's time for some reviews from some other sources and this one's a little tricky because you know it's a more modern game a lot of the mo- positive reviews are trolling uh, but here's one that seems sincere this was on metacritic this was from a user uh, wario wario uh, i'll just read some of this you will either love this game or hate it priced at ten dollars this is a great buy especially if you have a young daughter I guarantee any young girl will love this game. It's easy, fun, the music is very pleasant. My only gripe is that there isn't too much content, but that is to be expected with this kind of game. The visuals are perfect, very reminiscent of the 3264-bit era, but without the graphical clipping, etc. I am quite surprised and also pleased that a game like this was localized, a great addition to the Switch lineup. This guy just like well, this. This guy. This was like I think is Wario. Wario is that like your alias, Heather? Because this is like <laughs> this is like a rave. This guy's completely uh, uh, into into this uh, experience. I guess for the same reasons you are. Wario. Wario is Mario. Wario. Wario. Mario is Mario's, Wario's Wario. Mar- yeah, Mario is Wario, but Wario. Wario is Mario. Mm. Just as a philosophical point. Right. Also, I did write that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to read you. I, I need to read you the entirety of an entry from the speedrun yes. uh, forum on on Vroom in the Night Sky. Wow. So this game is hilarious, and I wish I could run it more, but the categories are all a little lacking. All stages is fun, but it's really, really short, and it doesn't really show off all the funny stuff the game has to offer, and all memories is just, well, too much grinding one stage. So I came up with some ideas for some extra categories that might be more fun, show off the funny text in the game, and might be better in a marathon setting. Uh and then this continues, like he breaks down all these different speedrunning categories. Uh, let me know what you guys think about adding those categories. I'd love to try and get this game into marathons, not necessarily just GDQs for its humor quality. But the current categories are just lacking for the right amount of game. There's only one reply on the forum, and it's, it's fucking Vroom in the Night Sky, dude. You're mod now. Go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> if you hooked up your Switch to a solar-powered generator, mm-hmm. you could, in theory, play Vroom in the Night Sky until the sun went out. Right. There's nothing stopping this game from being the last testament to humanity's existence. <laughs> and then you'll be vrooming in the eternal night sky. Yes. Hmm. That's nice, Nick. Hey, I tried. You should be proud. <laughs> I, I am. You, I'm very- <laughs> you tried. <laughs> Unlike the developers of this game, I tried. Um, hey. Oh, shh. It's time for the question block. Uh, so we got some questions from you guys, and we opened it up generally to uh, racing games, uh, to all things, uh, to all things in this genre. Um, first one uh, from at really underscore Allen. Why did Snoop Dogg not make more songs like his Riders in the Storm remix from Need for Speed Underground Two? I'm play a little bit of this. Hey yo, Jim, man, won't you won't you kick some of that? You know. You, you know how you do it, man. It's a trip. People don't even believe we're together right now. But, but, but tell your story. You know the one I like. Say it for me. Riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. Does the Switch support custom soundtracks? Um, I didn't want you to stop. That's a good question. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if it if it does. Are you trying to play Room in the Night Sky in this? Really- <laughs> 
really hyped to play yeah. that game. It would be such a smooth feeling. Right. It's just so mellow. Yeah. It's going to get you in that mood. Yeah, so that, as far as I can tell, and, and Ify, you can speak to this a little oh, bit yeah. because you played for Need for Speed Underground. Too. Yeah, so it, this was used, I, I'm not crazy, it was used in the promo for Need for Speed Underground 2. I cannot, I've searched, because I loved that song. That yeah. song was on a mixed CD for me. Uh, then like when everyone was like, oh, it's dumb, and I was like, it's not. Now I'm back on my bullshit. That was a good song. It still <laughs> slaps now. I'm about to put it, you can't find it on Spotify. I tried sp- finding it on Spotify. I have to play YouTube to listen to yeah. it in my car while I drive. Uh, but yeah, no, it was like that was the big promo. Uh, and it's probably where they put most of their budget in Need for Speed too, right? to get that collab going. Uh, as far as I can tell, it is exclusive to Need for Speed. It is it is a game that it is a song rather that Snoop made specifically oh, for yeah. this remix that he made specifically for this. So yeah, it's not on any compilation or not available anywhere else. Uh, yeah, why didn't he? I don't know. They probably didn't pay him enough. Yeah. But it, it, as far as why didn't he do it on on more games? But yeah, I like. I mean. An artist doing an exclusive song for a game like rules. I mean, yeah. that's like that's like you know, in Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy when you Ooh. get that exclusive pop song yeah. and like it's fucking awesome. I wish there was more of that. I know. I love that uh, Utada Hikaru is always like, yeah, no, I got y'all. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do this. Uh, I'm trying to think of other. Uh, I can't think of any other like exclusive video game songs. Yeah, uh, Florence but- and the Machine in Final Fantasy 15 saying her own cover of uh, "Stand by Me." Really? Yeah, and it was excellent. It was really Ooh. good. It, it was moving. Well, yeah. There you go. That's all. Guys, I got nothing else to add. <laughs> See, I, you know, this. what I like about Riders in the Storm is it reminds me of uh, some of my favorite tentpole Fast and Furious tracks. You know, you got uh, right. Act a Fool for uh, for uh, um, for Too Fast, Too Furious. The... Um, the there's Furious, which was for the first Fast and Furious by Ja Rule, uh, Tokyo Drift by the Teriyaki Boys, which is <laughs> is a slapperoni. I don't care what anybody says, it freaking slaps. I still listen to those uh, two songs, Act a Fool and uh, uh, Tokyo Drift, and then it kind of falls off until we get Wiz Khalifa's you know tribute to the late Paul Walker that did almost make me cry last night because I guess it was the anniversary. Oh, right. Uh, and so like I got done watching Always Be My Maybe so I was already very sensitive. <laughs> and then I saw like it, it played the scene from uh, from Fast and Furious where like he leaves and it's and I was like damn. Uh, so I'm in a I gotta say car based uh, you know racing based songs you can't lose. So does that make you a fan of the Crazy Taxi soundtrack? Oh hell yeah. Oh 100%. <laughs> Can you win Crazy Taxi? Yeah, you can. It yeah. always felt like you. I could only make it till enough drop offs before right. I lost. Like it didn't seem like I can. You can win. It was. I mean, it was originally an arcade game, and like, yeah, I never, I never beat it either. I just like, I was, I was always like, hey, you know what? Hey, that's that's survival capitalism. Huh? You're just hustling <laughs> to stay alive. That's really, what that game is a metaphor no, for. You could. I think you could win. You could beat each track. Mm, I'm almost okay. like on the okay. Dreamcast. I'm almost right. positive. Okay, I only played in the. Uh, in the arcades. Yeah. Uh, never owned a Dreamcast, unfortunately. Oh, you should get one now. They're yeah. real cheap and they're yeah, great. Yeah. I've, do Can you still get those like tiny memory cards that you can put your chowbies in? The VMU? I, I, mean, I think so. Yeah, I assume so. All that stuff's garbage right now, but as soon as it gets nostalgic, it'll be expensive. Oh, yeah. so. Right. Get one. Uh, that controller is a real like because <laughs> your, your wrists are just so yeah because it's like straight and so your your wrists are completely out of alignment when you're holding it. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's a great system. Um, uh, Heather, do you have a question? Yeah, I, from uh, entered the void 
at BrainSnap on Twitter. Thoughts on Star Wars E1 Racer, the pod racing game? It was just as commercialized as the rest of the garbage that was episode one, and I played the hell out of it, but I certainly don't remember really enjoying any of it. Hmm. I do have thoughts. Yes. Ooh. I fucking loved episode one pod racer, both on the N64 and on the Dreamcast. I thought it I was- I forgot it was on Dreamcast. Yeah, it was an excellent game- Yes. That was pulled out of a trash foundation. Yeah. Like- like the the samples were good. You play. You raced to John Williams music. Yeah. And, yeah, and you like all the cars were great. The tracks were great. It was a great game. And if you got that little like what the add on thing that you snapped into the top, oh, the, the memory pack, yeah, the yeah. memory pack to to up the specs on your N sixty four. It was it was a good game. Yeah, it took your RAM yeah. from like four megabits to eight megabits. Yeah. It was like this this gigantic graphical upgrade. I will even go and say that pod racing as a whole, mm. it was cool. Like I was all about the aesthetic. I love like oh, yeah. sci-fi grunge and, you know, and yeah, I, I played it, but I played like the arcade one at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that one was super fun. But I don't know if you saw that they, that there is one person working their ass off. I think you might have been the person that, did you retweet it? I might have retweeted then it. Then you might be the reason I played it, but I, I downloaded it. And you, wait, you've played the, the HD remake of Podracer? Yeah, yeah, they have a demo. It's only one track, but you can like is race it. Is it good? It's pretty good. It's, got, but it's kind of, it's, there's no challenge. But right. I mean, you did like Vroom in the Sky. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, the the uh, I, I and I, uh, contra Heather, I refuse to concede that uh, it was a garbage foundation. If you're referring to episode one that way, <laughs> like I, I think I like the I like episode. I mean, it's not it's not a great movie. It's probably the weakest of the Star Warses, uh, but it it is it has some cool stuff within it. And pod racing, uh, to your point, if he is one of those things. I, I like the the pod racing game. I do like everything about pod racing, except for Ben Quadraneros. I don't like his character design. That guy looks like shit. He's a little stubby, <laughs> weird guy with these, like, like he's got, like, his stubby, his face is part of his body, and then his limbs are too thin. It's like, I hate how he looks. Which one is the guy who's, like, the main antagonist? Bulba. That's the Bulba. It's the Bulba. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought he was so cool. I was like, this guy looks so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, the, uh, this is I mean, oh, boy, this is going to make me seem very lame. But why my friend and I who saw episode one together when we would go by Sepulveda, a, a street here in uh, Los Angeles, we'd say it like Sebulba, like <laughs> Sepulveda. <laughs> I know that story's a lie because you mentioned having a friend. In it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a question from. Um, uh, from Stuart D. Jenkins on our Instagram, uh, how do you feel about normal games that have one always shitty racing level? Would Sonic CD fall into this? Is Sonic CD's bonus level a yes. racing level? Because it controlled like shit. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, the 3D ones. Yeah. Yeah, those ones, and they, they kind of revisit them in Sonic Mania, and they're not particularly fun. Yeah, they're awful. Right. So by that, it, it, they suck. What what was the question? How do you feel about normal games that have one always shitty racing level? Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I especially that's a very true for open world games because yeah. there are a lot of open world games that a lot, like the fighting controls, the movement on feet is 
are is really great. But then as soon as you step into a car, it's trash, and they always force a chase or a race. Yeah. And you're like, this is bad. And don't get me started on the Mako. Uh, even though I've had a few Mako uh, apologists who really like the Mako and Mass Effect, that shit is garbage. Uh, wh- why? I, I was so happy in Mass Effect 2 when we did away with the Mako. Um. Do you know, I just realized what Room in the Night Sky reminds me of. Yes. Gummy ships in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, shit. That's what it is. It's that same low-poly bullshit environment with all the stars in the background. Right. And you can't really lose. Like, you just fly around. That's what it's like. Okay, now I I would like to change my score to zero. <laughs> it is just like a playable loading screen, like you were saying, because it's right. that sequence is just to get you to the next thing in that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there are some good, you know, the the always say the exceptions to the racing levels, the ones that I really like are in the Donkey Kong Country series, the minecart levels. Oh, oh, I yeah. think those those yeah. are Legendary. those are really well done, and and those are always a treat. However, there's a there's like a minecart level in Captain to- uh, Toad Treasure Tracker, which was a game I was really looking forward to, and I got to that, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? This is when I play Captain Toad. I mean, yeah. a fucking minecart, get me out of here! And I got you got to like shoot. There's like a shooting element. Like this is supposed to be a puzzle game. What am I doing here? What is this Twitch gameplay? And that it really pissed me off. You're turning bright red. <laughs> I've never been this mad. Fascism is rising in America, but this I'm living about. I've got one more question. Yes. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Desert Bus on Penn & Teller's unreleased Sega CD game. Uh, I remember reading reviews of Desert Bus in EGM and yes. was super psyched about it. It is a uh, game that in real time, you drive a bus from, I think, L.A. to um, Las Vegas. Yes. You can't just let the controller drive for you, even though the road is featureless because the bus has a slight pull to the left. Right. So you you do have to engage this five-hour real-time journey through the desert in a bus what? Yeah, check 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 it out. Look at the look at give it pull up a screenshot. So and and you at home, Google this right now. There it is at full resolution. A it's a it's a featureless landscape, the interior of a bus, and then you drive, right? Yes. But it wasn't released for a Sega CD because I think the platform itself uh flopped before the game could be released. Right. Um it has come out since, hasn't it? I think there's a there's a way. I don't know if it was officially released, but there there is like a playable version you can get your hands on. Maybe just someone leaked a build at some point. All right, I just want to point out that Matt clicked on a YouTube video of a playthrough, and it is eight hours long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I think it's a round trip. I think you have to go to Vegas and back. So yeah, that's about about how long it takes. Um, we're watching some of it. So the 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 screen you start up uh, uh, is like kind of a punch clock, and yeah. It's very slightly drifting, so there has to be some user control just to keep this thing on the, on the straight and narrow. This, this game, first off, this is brilliant. If I was a, a, a trolling comedian yes. performer and I was like, oh, yeah, you want to license a game? Here, here's some ideas for my game. This is brilliant. This, right. <laughs> had, had anything like this come out at the time? A game that was specifically designed to upset the user? It's it's like an anti-game. I mean, there there were some Monty Python games that did a similar thing. They were just sort of, you know, they they had moments that were just intentionally confusing and unpleasant, but nothing nothing like this that is just like so 
viciously unfun. So if, decidedly like a, just a challenge for the sake of being a challenge. If he noticed the uh, length of time the video uh, has, I just noticed the number of views, which is eight. <laughs> 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 Three of the people who have watched this have given it a thumbs up. Yes. Zero have given it a thumbs down. The other five people just watched and didn't respond. <laughs> um, and hey, if you have any questions or comments for us, HDTGPod on social media is our handle. H, uh, HDGTPod. Fuck. How I'm did fine. this get played? But pod. as letters. But then there's yeah, pod as a pod. pod. Yeah. Okay. HDTGPod. On social media. Yeah. There we go. And hey, it's time for a new segment. Let's see if our panel can outact the worst voice acting in video game history. This is VO Theater. Our game this week is 1997's Mortal Kombat 4. This clip is from the infamous Jax ending, in which Jax's partner Sonya confronts Jarek, the last member of the Black Dragon Clan. So for this one, Heather, you shall be Sonya. If you'll be Jarek, uh, Matt, you'll be Jax, and I will read stage directions. Truly feel like I was snubbed on Jax, but <laughs> I will be Jarek. Uh, if you guys want to switch roles, but Jarek is definitely the meteor role. Okay, then Matt, take. It. <laughs> and you, you try your best to sound like me, Matt. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. I will not do That's that. That's all I ask. Hey, is the point of this that we're actually trying? I think try to do your best okay. job. Or, we'll we'll see or are we trying to act like a video game would act? You know what? I think just make whatever choice you feel like is the right choice. Say, Please don't make me do this. <laughs> <laughs> just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Do your best. Thank do your you. best. Okay. You're trying to win this role. You're okay. trying to get cast. Okay, that's what I'm... Okay. Okay, here we go. Mm. So we begin. Sonia and Jarek are perched on a cliffside. It's over, Jarek! Shinnok is dead! The good guys won... You're coming back with me. Never, Sonya. I agreed to help defeat Shinnok, not turn myself into special forces. The Black Dragon lives on! The Black Dragon died with Kano. You're the last one, Jarek! Never! Jarek charges Sonya, but she steps aside and he topples over the cliff, falling into the abyss. No! Sonya picks up her radio. Come in, Major Biggs. This is Lieutenant Sonya Blade. What? Somehow, Jarek has clung to the cliffside and reaches up from below to grab Sonya's ankle and pull her to her demise. <laughs> Suddenly, Jax appears, grabs Jarek by the throat, and dangles him over the cliff's edge. Going somewhere, Jarek? Jax! I thought you were. Thought I was what? Dead? Like my partner you just tossed off the, the cliff? Wait, wait. This is brutality. You can't do it. Wrong, Jarek. This is not a brutality. This... Is a fatality. Jax releases his grip, dropping Jarek to his death. No! And scene. Wow. Well done, guys. Well played. Uh, that was real. That was really good. That was stirring. But let's hear how it was supposed to go. It's over, Jarek. Shinnok is dead. The good guys won. You're coming back with me. Never, Sonya. I agree to help defeat Shinnok. Not turn myself into the special forces. The Black Dragon live on. The Black Dragon died with Kano. You're the last one, Jarek. Never! <laughs> Come in, Major Briggs. This is Lieutenant Sonya Blade. She's not bad. No. Oh, my God. Going 
somewhere, Jarek? Yes! <laughs> I thought you were going to. Thought I was what? Dead? Like my partner you just tossed off the cliff? Wait, wait! This is brutality! You can't do it! Wrong, Jarek. This is not a brutality. This is a fatality. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. I think what we really what that was your guys' performance was wonderful, but I think what was really missing was uh Jurek's death noises. <laughs> also, like you know, I did not in my brain imagine how that played out, yes. which is them marching. Like Sonya killed herself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she marched backwards to the edge of a cliff. Right. That had the graphics of Lawnmower Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, gra- I mean, graphically on par, I think, with the Room in the Night Sky, but no! just <laughs> no, <laughs> just not no. quite, not 1080p. <laughs> like, that looked terrible. <laughs> Room in the Night Sky, 10 out of 10 on graphics. <laughs> You're being too charitable to it. Uh, but hey, charitable? You mean magic charitable? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gunshots. <laughs> that'll wrap up this episode. Uh, if you want anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Anything you would like to plug at this time? Oh, yeah. Just listen to Nerdificent. It drops uh, every Tuesday. Uh, uh, we just do, uh, me and Danny uh, Fernandez do nerdy deep dives into uh, just uh, any nerdy topic. And then Monday's Candy Dinner, me and Matt Apodaca, who you hear here, here, if you like to hear me uh, antagonize him on a weekly basis, uh, definitely pull up for that. It's very fun. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> is this your guys' dynamic? <laughs> it's just, just Matt being like, it's very fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he's being nice oh, yeah. to me. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to this, you probably like video games. Uh, I stream on Twitch, IFDEZ, I-F-D-E-E-Z, and uh, we play uh, lots of fun video games. All right. And hey, we play lots of fun video games, too. Let us know if you have any suggestions for future games we should tackle. Uh, again, at social media, HDTGPod. Hey, Matt, what are we playing next week? Next week, we're playing Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Oops. Shamon. And I'll do it for this episode. Oh, by the way, I'm looking for a sign-off. If anyone has a suggestion for a sign-off for me, hashtag goodbyger. Let me know. Let me know what I can say at the end of my episode. Go ahead, Edgar. I've got a sign-off for this episode. Okay. It happens at the end of the tutorial for the game, and it's... The explanation of the magical girl's work is over. <laughs> <laughs>